and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. Hey, 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 it's the Brad and Brit cast. First one for this week. Thanks for joining us. We're in the uh, 1.30 Eastern hour uh, on Monday as we speaketh to you. Uh, I have a list unless you uh, got something burning. You got something burning? Um, oh, I, I'm just going to go. This This may be on your list, but let's just toss this one out because it's always a good kind of amuse-bouche. Uh, did you see Ted Cruz getting cursed out by the Yankees fans? Oh, no, I just read the thing where he uh, he lied his ass off on the view. The uh, the hens went after him and oh, said, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, Trump called your wife ugly. Your your father helped assassinate JF Kennedy and you called him the biggest lying piece of shit ever. Why are you such a suck up? And of course, he Ted Cruz lied his way, you know, through the answer, because uh, that's what he learned how to do in, in Harvard uh, Law School. But uh, I didn't see this. What happened? At the, he was at Yankee Stadium. He went to yeah, the game. Yeah, I guess since he was going to be on The View, he came like a day early to see the uh, Houston Astros complete their sweep of the New York Yankees in the American League Championship Series. And the Yankee fans were less than unkind. Many uh, social media videos of them cursing at him, mentioning and referring to, hey, remember when Trump called your wife ugly? You didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they told him to go to Cancun. And, okay. you know, I really dislike the New York Yankees fans for a number of reasons. But God bless the Yankees fans. God bless the Bronx for coming down on this guy. Jump, he's jumping on a, a bandwagon anyway, wearing all his orange shit in uh, Yankee Stadium for a team that everybody is universally hated. I think it's fair to say at this point, the Houston Astros, one of the most universally uh, hated teams in all of sport, and this asshole shows up at Yankee Stadium, and the Yankee fans just pound him mercilessly. I well, love that story. What better association – could there be for him to have then uh, they're, they're not the black hats, but they are kind of, you know, they're, they're the black hat bad guys. Right. And, and he, he relishes the role. So <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that is a, that's, that, that's America. That's America, but that's a good shit. God bless you. Yankee fans. Yeah. As you go into your off season. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to make a big difference in, in America. Isn't it? Brit? <laughs> Ted Cruz is going to change. <laughs> just let him rock i'll be rooting for the phillies starting on friday yeah all right um here we go the platform of bullshit Ooh. uh i got your social security right here Ooh. uh when people leave guilford county where do they move <laughs> trump the organization not trump the human is on trial today um, every time a vaccine proponent tests positive, a vaccine denier gets their wings of bullshit delight. Clarence Thomas, the most unqualified justice ever, is now officially the most corrupt justice ever. Wow. And America, land of the pissed. Oh, land of the pissed. Well, you put a couple of them back to back that I think we can work with uh, nicely there. Let's do... Uh, every time a vaccine uh, taker gets a disease, a vaccine denier gets their wings. Was that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the head of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, tested positive for COVID. She's fine. Mild symptoms. Standard story. Uh, you won't be surprised to find out that uh, she is uh, fully up to date on her vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, she eats her own cooking, Brit, is what they used to say. And she's fine. But you, you, you realize every time someone like that at that level, like, like Fauci, right? He tested, you know, that, a lot of people. Well, that's just proof that the vaccine is fake, that it was a hoax, that it doesn't work. Look who just tested positive. That's what they'll say. And then you say back, guess what? The vaccine has never been touted or advertised as 100% immunity from ever testing positive for COVID. But it is uh, practically guaranteed to mitigate the problems that you will have when you get it, which proves to be true 
every time. Works every time, but that doesn't matter because if you've been a vaccine denier, you must stick with that program, right? You cannot ever change. And um, to to this day, when I see write-ups of stories like this, I haven't even dared to look at or didn't have the time to look at the say the Daily Mail write-up of uh, Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC, testing positive. There will be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds unanimously with, uh, not unanimously, there will be one out of a hundred will, will come in and, and, and whack everybody, but they will all just say, it never worked, it was a fraud, it was mm-hmm. a fake, it was only designed to make Pfizer and Moderna and the, the companies billions of dollars everybody knows it never worked look at this and just goes on and on and on and here we are isn't it weird that republicans are kind of okay with the billions of dollars being made from insulin but they're really upset that these people are making billions of dollars when it comes to this vaccine it's very odd isn't it very strange Mm -hmm. how we pick and choose how that situation is going about um well there's got to there's got to be a more nuanced way it's just not one or the other yeah it's it's ignorance yeah let me let me think about this the the uh, inflation reduction act a poorly named piece of legislation does it's still a good piece it's a good piece of law but yes it's got bad branding you are are correct in saying one of the best parts of it is the the cap on insulin prices at uh 35 dollars for for a lot of people and uh that would be um a government intervention in the marketplace, right? And of course, Republicans, they hate that. They hate that. They, 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 they just hate that. But in the case of the COVID vaccine, where there was even more government intervention because the government, through our tax dollars, paid to make it freely available to everybody all this time. Uh, and uh, at the end of the year, that comes to an end. And when you get COVID vaccines in the future, uh, they will not be just a hundred percent free where you just, you know, go to CVS or Walgreens and, and you just get it. And you don't have to fill out any paperwork in terms of your insurance or anything else. Uh, it will become a regular vaccine. And Pfizer says, if I remembering correctly from over the weekend, the charge will be $130 for a COVID vaccine. Um, the problem is now, since the Republicans, so many of them, think it's a fake anyway, they probably don't care. And they mm. probably think, you're right. Th- whatever they can charge, that's okay. Because if mm. you're stupid enough to pay it, and most of us, of course, won't be paying that out of pocket no. anyway. It'll be covered no. by our health insurance. Correct. Those of us that have health insurance, and of course, for years, the Republicans have tried to make it sure that, that everybody is not covered. Right. By trying to kick the shit out of Obamacare. They're trying to make sure. But again, yes, continue on with what you were saying. As you know, that's one of the reasons why there's such momentum towards Republicans right now in these closing weeks, because they just have such good ideas that are going to make everyone. I just just think that there is a, a, a large swath of America, again, can't assign a percentage. They think if they vote Republican, they're going to be paying two dollars for gas again. And I, I don't know. Again, I can't say if it's this uh, uh, this percentage, that percentage, or the other. I think that there's a certain number of people that think that. I, there's no question about it. I, I need you to help me, though. Um, uh, what date will that happen? Will that be three? <laughs> well, will that be three months dig- after the election, six months? Look, it's going to take a long time to dig out from Joe Biden's bullshit. So don't expect it on day one. Okay? You mean the That's Joe Biden uh, gasoline price hikes? That's yeah. correct. And when you when it comes to what we were talking about as far as the the, the vaccine deniers uh, and, and their protections, and, and again, the vaccine keeps you out of the hospital, out of the morgue. That's what it's designed to do. Not good it is, enough. It, it is Not very good. much like saying that, oh, you wore your seatbelt and you still got in a wreck. What fucking good was it? Right? I mean, <laughs> well, when I got in the wreck, I didn't die. I think that is the entire point. Some more horrible news for um, those people who are anti this vaccine. What we've learned through this, and this is the BioNTech guys, this is the Turkish immigrants who went to Germany and helped create this vaccine that Pfizer partnered with and 
it's amazing right. technology. What mm-hmm. we're learning over the COVID vaccine and what we're applying now, they're saying could have us with a targeted cancer vaccine using messenger mRNA technology by 2030. Now, some other scientists and medical folks have questioned that, but still, there is some hope there. And I'm, I'm very sorry to those of you that have fought this vaccine that apparently there's going to be at least a partial cure for cancer on the horizon. I'm very sorry. Uh, I think that uh, folks right now should sign a waiver. Uh, if you've not gotten the COVID vaccine, you will not be allowed right. to get any future cancer vaccines should they be developed because you were too stupid right now. Right. We would like you to remain stupid and die of cancer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's an amazing thing. I, I will continue on. And uh, the last thing that I will say is I now have you ventured over to our ex-friend, uh, Greg Hunter's USAWatchdog.com website lately. I did last last week. There was yeah. not a lot going on, but so I, I may be out of date on. Well, he's just—it's just. I think you're you're probably right on. He continues to insist a number, and he can't put a number on it. Thousands of people have been killed by this vaccine. It's thousands, and then many hundreds of thousands more, perhaps millions, have been permanently injured by this vaccine. Where are these people? Where are they? <laughs> They're dead, and the government is covering up the statistics, Brad. By the way, you, you, you know how that's provably not true? If, if it was true, there would already be trial lawyers. There would already be as many commercials on TV as Camp there Lejeune. are. Or Camp Lejeune, <laughs> did you drink the water, okay? <laughs> did you take the vaccine, and, and, and are you at death's door? Call <laughs> this law firm right now. You are entitled to – isn't – yeah. Am I correct here? I think I am. I think it, I am. It just assumes, again, that a massive, I mean, a massive cover-up, the likes of which we've never seen in the history of our government. I mean, the JFK assassination stuff seems like uh, like, like a, a plan to go get pizza at Chuck E. Cheese compared to, to this but, massive but, cover-up. How could there be a cover You know, if three people get sick at exactly. a Chipotle... Wait, at a Chipotle, which is what happened years ago, right? We knew about it in, in about an hour. Within an instant. And, and before you knew it, it was a, a chain-wide problem. Correct. And uh, it really hurt Chipotle for, uh, I guess, 12 months or so. And they, they fixed the problem. They came right. back. They're better than that. So if, if there are thousands of, of uh, vaccine yes. victims, victims, uh, provably uh, you know, sick because they they got vaccinated and, and for no other reason, right? There's a, a vaccine sickness. We we would know about it. So I would I would hope so. You started the segment by saying every time uh, someone who takes the vaccine gets sick, a vaccine denier gets their wings. That would be associated a phrase that is associated with a movie we're going to be seeing a lot in the next few months. That's uh, it's a wonderful life. The hero of it's a wonderful life was a gentleman named Clarence. There's an asshole named Clarence though that you also were referring to on your list. He is a justice with the United States Supreme Court, and he continues to be the most corrupt of all time, correct? Uh, yeah, nice uh, nice little segue there. Thank you. Clarence Thomas has uh, stepped in and said that Lindsey Graham does not, for now, uh, have to testify uh, down in Georgia. Of course, we, we know um, that he was a part of the plot on January 6th. And then uh, afterwards, he's put a hold on any testimony from Lindsey Graham. Uh, the Georgia prosecutor's office uh, had him out there for alleged interference in the election. Clarence Thomas handles the emergency requests that come out of Georgia. Has he handled the uh, what the fuck happened to the Falcons? That request, has he handled that one yet? No. You know, the Falcons are doing okay. Uh, you, you just watch it. Marcus Mariota. I comedy there. It didn't work. <laughs> Marcus Mariota's got to get this team uh, straightened out. Don't you worry about it, pal. All right. So this freezes the litigation while the other justices weigh the Lindsey Graham plea that the Supreme Court, I love this word, quash, a word that doesn't exist in the real world except in legal terms. Legalese. I guess quash is just squash without the Absolutely. S in front of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Clarence Thomas had previously asked the lawyers for the Fulton County DA office to respond to Lindsey Graham's request by last Thursday. Thomas gets to handle it himself, but but we will see. I, I predict, I predict that Clarence Thomas will be made to look like an idiot by the other members of the court. That's my prediction there. I I, I don't think you're wrong about that. Um, I yeah, I I. The, and Lindsey Graham, being a lawyer himself, knows all of the tricks, all the ways and means, all of the end runs, everything else. I, I just think he's going to run out of space, right? It, it's, it's not just that. It's, it's that aside from the obvious corruption here with Clarence Thomas and, and his wife being way too far into the process, having texted back and forth with Mark Meadows, around January 6th. And well, of course now Clarence Thomas and his wife, they never discussed this, you know, <laughs> business is business, personal is personal. So yeah, you know, we, we, we can't we'll assume talk, anything. We'll talk about that. Right. But just the fact this applies, of course, you know, times a million with, with Trump, the fact that these people refuse to testify. Well, usually that's a, what are you hiding? Why don't you want to tell the truth? If you're innocent, what do you have to fear of telling the truth? Are you so weak that you can't stand up? Lindsey Graham, as you said, a, a former uh, military prosecutor himself, a guy who knows how to badger witnesses in front of the whole country <laughs> in the uh, U.S. Senate, that, that he couldn't stand up to these uh, folks and turn it back around on them for their... Uh, unfair, outrageous, horrendous attack on him and Donald. Why, would, why wouldn't you want to take that opportunity? And the answer is because you're guilty, because they got you, and because you are using the U.S. Constitution. Talk about hiding behind the Constitution. That's what yeah. they're doing. Interesting. That's what they, they are doing, which, of course, they accuse everyone else of doing that in other circumstances. But uh, supporters, Republicans in general, doesn't bother them whatsoever that none of these people are willing to stand up and speak in front of panels and juries. And it's uh, it's so obvious that they can't see it or they don't want to see it. All right. Nope. Lindsey Graham. But I think this won't last if this follows the the uh, course of events that we've seen before, this will only be good for a, a couple days or so. And the rest of the court will smack it down and say that Lindsey Graham needs to testify. I think so. Uh, let's, let's, let's go to your local, local story, Guilford County. Some people who may be listening or watching uh, out of where our local, our area is, we live uh, on opposite sides of Guilford County, uh, which is pretty much smack dab in the middle of North Carolina. And it's now being called the battery belt. Did you realize that's the area that we now are living in? Why, because they're going to build car batteries here? That is correct, sir. We are smack dab in the middle of the battery belt, as some smart-ass economic and uh, business writers are calling it. Uh, to learn more about migration patterns in the United States, a uh, site called Stacker, S-T-A-C-K-E-R, Stacker, which used to be a porn site, but they, wow. they went legit here. You I had no idea. idea. <laughs> they compiled a list of where people from uh, Guilford County are moving to using Census Bureau data. Well, that sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these are very obvious, but it's, the interesting ones are the, the ones further away from here because a lot of them are um, um, Buncombe County. That's, that's uh, Asheville. Mm -hmm. Um these are the top 30 places. We'll go from, from 30 to the Suffolk County, New York. Okay, so that's the uh, eastern part of Long Island, Hamptons and, and all that stuff. Horry County, South Carolina. Myrtle Beach. Now, here's one. I, don't, I didn't even look up what city this is. Hendricks County, Indiana. Don't know what, what Hendricks. no idea what's there. Uh, DeKalb County, Georgia. Uh, Columbia County, Georgia. These are probably the, the big cities. Outside of Atlanta, sure. Yeah, outside of Atlanta. Uh, Iredell County, Broward County, Florida makes it. Gaston County, of course. Number 20, Queens County, New York. People moving to Queens. Hmm. 
then you get uh, uh, Cabarrus County, Rowan County. Number 17, Las Vegas, Clark County, Nevada. There you go. Uh, Collin County, Texas. I believe that's uh, that's a Dallas suburb. Uh, Watauga County, which is, you know, north and west of us. Orange mm-hmm. County. Yeah, Orange County, North Carolina. which Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill. Cumberland County, North Carolina. Was that Fayetteville? Fayetteville. Uh, Pitt County, North Carolina. Number 11, here you go, Maricopa County, Arizona. A lot of people moving out there to uh, supervise the election process because they need people out there. too. Phoenix is a great place. Phoenix is a wonderful place to live, except, you know, in the summertime. Yeah, I would. Uh, uh, I was doing some uh, leaf raking this morning. I had this beautiful tree. You know, I'm going to take a picture of this tree. I, I have one of the earliest shedding trees and, and color-changing trees in our part of the world. Wow. Most of them haven't really changed here, mm-hmm. but, but I've got one that, that does. I went out there and yelled at it last week, and <laughs> suddenly the, I got mad at it. I'll show you. It's, it's really nice. I'll, I'll bring it for tomorrow. Uh, uh, and I listened while I was uh, raking leaves to today's uh, The Daily from the New York Times, and the whole segment was with uh, the uh, number one election official in Maricopa County, Arizona. And he described his life, oh, his life the last right. two years, because he got elected in 2020 as the shit was flying. OK, mm-hmm. and he'd been a re- he's a Republican all the way. Uh. Of course, his life has been made a living hell ever since then, because no one believes him that it was legit and it was on the up and up. And uh, if you'd like to hear just how sick how ill the state of Arizona and Republicans in the state of Arizona are. Uh, check that out, the Daily from the New York Times. Stephen Richer is the gentleman's name from you Arizona. Just, you will be, it's, it's worse than you think. It's <laughs> worse than you think. All right, number 10, Durham County. Number nine, Shelby County, Tennessee. That would be Memphis. Okay. Memphis. Number eight, New Hanover County, North Carolina. That's Wilmington, right? Now we're getting to the top here. Uh, the top seven places, Rockingham County, which is north of us, next cheaper, county. Up. It's just cheaper taxes, I think, people are moving up there for. Right, and, and better pro sports there. Of course. Uh, Alamance County, North Carolina, which is Burlington, which is yeah. in between us and Chapel Hill. Again, cheaper taxes. Right. Number five, Davidson County, North Carolina, also right on our, yeah. our border in our area. Number four, Wake County, which yeah. is Raleigh. Not right? cheaper taxes. Not cheaper taxes. Number three, Mecklenburg County, Charlotte. Also not cheaper taxes. Right. Uh, number two, Randolph County. And number one, Forsyth County, which is uh, Winston-Salem. Yeah. But those those out-of-town places are, are intriguing because you have you have a, you do have a Florida in there. You have Las Vegas. You have a, some uh, several Texases. You have a Tennessee. Um, and you have uh, Maricopa County, Arizona. Not all that surprising, but sort of, but sort of. Um, I always thought. I would have thought there would have been more Florida. Um, but you know what? Maybe Florida has lost its luster. Well, uh, I know as far as, you know, retirement was another generation's kind of dream, right? Retiring to Florida was a thing of of uh, your parents. My and, parents did it. My parents yeah. did it. Absolutely. They spent the last 40 years of their life down in Florida after living, you know, in Ohio, up north their whole I always thought now I visit you know I visited Arizona because I was a huge baseball fan and loved spring training and I, I did like it there for the time that I spent and I always yeah. thought if I was a geezer and by the way geezer means like oh about three months older than I am now if I was deciding where to retire and I was deciding between Florida and Arizona I might pick Arizona but then See, they now you either one you yeah. now, now, now they're both off the off the uh, <laughs> you get awfully shooty down there in Arizona don't you kind of shooty it, it's not just that. Um, it, when you were a kid, and, and certainly when I was, it was the the, the stereotype was well, yeah, um, it's yeah, it gets 110, but it's a dry heat, and the the, the air is beautiful, and and if you have th- this was the the thing, remember this one? If you have allergies, that's where you want to go. Exactly. Remember that? Well, right. that's all gone because the, the the air is disgusting now in the in the whole uh, Phoenix area. It's a it's a mess. Probably Tucson also. Um, but the, the, um, spreading out of the, the, uh, the, the city, I mean, that, that, 
county is like four million people. Oh I mean, yeah, it's just enormous. And if you look uh, at those, if you don't know, they, the counties. Are, the word, the word I was looking for was sprawl. Well, the okay. counties in Arizona are huge. I mean, compared to like the ones on the East Coast, they're at least five, six, maybe seven of our counties in many right. cases. Right, but but there, this is the thing, and, and you know about all the water out there that there isn't in existence right. no water. They're building developments now where there is no hope that there will be pipes laid to bring water in. So they're That's building right. developments now where it's already you know trucks of water, or you have to have a tank because there just isn't there isn't going to be the infrastructure. Because you can't depend on, however, Arizona gets its water. I guess from the, they're on the Colorado River thing too. So the, the so do you want to move somewhere where where chances are forget rationing gasoline or its expense, no water. You know, suddenly gasoline not quite as important. Yeah, as as you know, water is. Um, why would you go there? I guess that would be the point. No they, water, they, no people. It seems. I like. think they've yeah. lost. I think they've lost their thing. I mean, we're, I mean, I would, you know, I'm almost 70. My wife's almost 70. I mean, so what, what are we going to do right now? We have plans to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we're not, we're not leaving here right now for, there's never even been like an opening discussion of, Hey, we want to move here. You guys have not even really kind of just entertain it just as a, well, a flight no, of fancy. Not really. Yeah. No, no, not, not really right now. Uh, and, and as you know, America is in the, uh, the grips of a housing crisis. And it isn't just, it's obviously very important, that a lot of people don't have homes. There are homeless people all over the country. Correct. It is impossible financially for younger folks starting out to get starter homes. The phrase starter homes apparently does not exist anymore. Forget it. it, it it's, it's gone. You're, that because you know they they're not building them uh the builders would rather build more expensive homes than than the the little cheapies anyway so what does that mean that means that there aren't enough new houses being built and people like you and me who have mortgages that we have had for for years and years and years at at pretty low rates we're not going anywhere. Why would I leave here? Mm-hmm. Why would I leave here? I have a three and a quarter percent 15 year mortgage that has about two years to go. Oh, there okay. you go. I'm yeah. just about, I'm just about done. Why would I leave here and go somewhere and, and, and pay, you know, a huge mortgage rate right now? What is it? Seven on a 30 year, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not. We're, we're kind of locked in here, theoretically. Not that we couldn't if we wanted, but why would we? But people of less means are definitely not going to move. So if people don't move, and people certainly don't move even out of smaller homes, they're willing to tolerate them because they've got low interest rates from the last decade or so. If they did come out not broke after the financial crisis and housing crisis of the uh, Obama, no, the Bush era. The Bush era, uh, so it's frozen. It's frozen right now. It's a it's a disaster. So wh- where would we go if you ask me on this list of all the places? Where would we go if we were going to pick one? Wow that that would be that would be a tough question. That would be a real real tough question. My mind, Britt. My mind has always been. I would really love to be in the middle of a good college town. Oh, that's that interesting. Work. And believe it or not, you know, you know where I'm from. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Sure, sure. That's the that is the largest college town mm-hmm. um, in the country. That, it's a huge city that, that doesn't that doesn't have, and I'm not counting the National Hockey League. That doesn't have pro football, pro. Uh, uh, Pro basketball or, or Major League Baseball—it is the largest of of all those of all the cities like that. Of course, 
they do have professional football, Ohio State. <laughs> they pay their players better than, than probably a lot of teams. I understand. But I always thought Columbus was a great, but I, I wouldn't even try to sell that one. To, to, to it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge town. Like when, when I think of a college town, I think of one that's not like a it's massive a, city. Like, size, like it is the size of Charlotte, if not yeah. big. It's like it your Gainesville's or your Athens, Georgia, something like that. Something kind of quaint ish. Yeah. Yeah. But even those towns are are, are bigger yeah. than you think. They are. They're bigger than you think. But but Columbus, Columbus. I always thought Columbus and Charlotte kind of grew up together under the radar of most of the country, and now everybody knows. Everybody knows about them. Mm-hmm. Charlotte with the banking industry and Columbus with the insurance stuff in, in a big way. And, and, sta- and state government and the Ohio State University. And the Ohio State, State University, huge employers. And, of course, the home of Wendy's. It does. <laughs> it does make sense that we would transition from talking about retirement and such to uh, the Social Security story that you have, Brad. Well, I, I thought of this one the other day, and, and I guess we're, we're doing personal shit here today. Um, but, you know, two weeks ago, maybe it was last week, they announced that uh, they're going to increase the, the payouts to everybody that gets Social Security. That could be your mama. Mm-hmm. It probably is your mama. It indeed is. And, or if you're younger than us, it could be your, your grandparents uh, or people who are on disability. All, you know, all across the board, uh, they're, they're raising uh, the, uh, the payout 8.7% beginning in 2023. Now, you've been hearing this your whole life, so have I. There's going to be a point that they reach where the amount of money coming in um, forces the Social Security program to stop paying the rates that were promised. I believe they're, it's a 77% would be paid out in the year 2034. Uh, and they already backed that down by one year, back down to 2033. For those of you who don't have a calculator, that's 11 years from now. Yeah. Okay? Really, really, it's 10 years from now because we're, we're in 2023. 2033. If somebody were only turning, say, 63 years old in that particular year, that would be right. interesting. Right. So, yeah. so here's, the, uh, here, here, here's the thing about that. That calculation was made uh, over the summer before the cost of living, the COLA, they call it, mm-hmm. increase was announced of 8.7. So you... Where are they getting 8.7% more money to pay out of? They have to dip into however they they do it actuarially, where they they got money coming in, money going out. But that's a, that's a huge amount percentage-wise to make an increase. So it seems to me, I could be wrong here, you're probably going to lop off another year, maybe, who knows, maybe two years closer to Armageddon where they couldn't pay out all the money that is promised. They'd have to knock it down to 77% of promised benefits unless changes are made in the way your paycheck gets garnished mm-hmm. for Social Security payments. They're either going to have to lift the cap, in, increase the percentage that we all pay, mm-hmm. lift the uh, cap over which money isn't paid into Social Security, the magic number I've always heard was $400,000. If they would tax the first $400,000 of income that is made, so that would bring all the people who make in between about $130,000 and $400,000, that income would start to get taxed for Social Security. Right now, it's basically free. It's free, no Social Security. If they did that, that would extend the program decades out into the future or the uh, worst idea of all which is increase the age at which you can start to collect social security hey guess what they're going to do to us they're going to increase the age and they're by the way they're probably going to start means testing too it's going to happen at some point right well those of us in generation x have been bracing for it for a while now i'm not i'm not all against means testing because somebody who does make a million dollars a year shouldn't yeah. be getting any social security. Payment. I agree. It just, you know, I mean, I, I understand the way it was started in 1935. And I'm not, I I, I'm not either. I just wish they would go ahead and just say it. There are no, there are no political heroes. There's no. no one with the courage to say anything about anything. So we just keep 
slouching towards Gomorrah and Armageddon in this program. So, um, see, the, the I'm I'm one of these uh, uh, children of Social Security. Any of us who are uh, under ninety are right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm at an interesting because I just turned sixty-seven yesterday, just right. yesterday. So that puts me three years away from 70, which is when I would get the maximum amount if I wait. And it suddenly occurred to me, well, maybe, maybe because if the politicians do nothing, that 10 years from now, they're going to cut what goes out the door. Maybe I would be better off taking a slightly smaller amount right now for these three years instead Mm -hmm. of waiting until I'm 70. Mm-hmm. when I'm going to get a bigger payout, but that's going to get cut anyway. So you'd have to have a, a, a you know, a supercomputer to figure out exactly whether that's a good idea or not. But it, that's only for people like me in this, in this age group, you know, people who are 67, 68, we're not seven. We're not at our full and very few people wait till they're 70. Anyway, very mm-hmm. few people do. And I understand why. And I'm in a, a, a very advantageous position that I, I, I can wait. Um, but isn't it in, in, when you think of all the bullshit <laughs> that gets argued about in a political campaign, what we're seeing right now, what, and, and, and by the way, I believe my TV has run out of red pixels because every time <laughs> I turn it on in giant red letters, the word liberal keeps appearing on my screen. Can you believe it? Brit, it, it is, it's as big as King Kong on my screen. <laughs> we're liberal. Sher- Sherry Beasley, who apparently, you know what she does on weekends? She doesn't campaign. She goes around to prisons in North Carolina with a master key and unlocks it. Does she? And lets out prisoners. That's what she does. As, do, they as have, a, do they have, do they have uh, depictions of these on, in the ads, the, the people that she's letting out? No, but uh, oh. I'm sure there, there's probably a uh, a YouTube channel yeah. that plays the Willie Horton ad over and over again. Yeah, I was con- I was yeah. kind of concerned about the this the shade of of uh, yeah, melatonin mel- melanin that was actually in the uh, the skin there. I just wondered how they would portray that in the ads and how that might be. Yeah, just I'm just curious how that might go about. Previously, just let me finish the point. The point here is that. Uh, everything at this point has become just absurd, emotional oh. claptrap, and yeah. uh, the 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 sway towards Republicans in the polls and the conventional wisdom and uh, and NBC News that's moving towards the Republican that's all there. You you you've seen it for the last week. That's because Americans suddenly they have put the idea of saving democracy on the back burner. They're not really worried about it. They're just worried about filling up their gas tank, food on the table. And crime, 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 crime. Oh, did you see someone got pushed onto the tracks on the subway again? More crime. It could happen to me. Wow. I got to vote Republican. As the uh, as the guy was getting shoved onto the tracks, he said, thanks a lot, Biden. That's what I understand. His final words. Thanks a lot, Biden. Uh, Sherry Beasley. I understand Sherry Beasley's um, her previous sins, according to the ads, were that she was too much in favor of rich people. That was the previous uh, charge that was leveled against her, correct? Uh, there's not one thing that this woman hasn't done in her life that she shouldn't be ashamed of. <laughs> have you have it's you very, gone? Have you voted very, yet? Have you gone out and voted yet? I, uh, I'm, we're thinking of going maybe maybe this afternoon. Same maybe. here. You know, last week they started early voting in yeah. North Carolina. Was it on Thursday and Thursday, Friday? Thursday and Friday. And I thought, how could it be possible? that when they started early voting on Thursday and Friday, that then on Saturday and Sunday, there wouldn't be any. Well, we what? had a couple of, we had a couple of what, really what big, that? yeah, well, go ahead. we had a couple of real big football games. Yeah. Uh, right. We had a couple of, with that Duke Miami clash, they wanted to make, they knew that nobody would go to the polls. They'd want to watch that thing. Right. But just, just think, what possessed? I don't know. Well, you know, the, the, but the, the Republicans were always jacking with that thing. You know, they're always trying to carve this, that, and the third out of that thing. And and you ended up with, yes, here's two days you can vote. Here's two days you can't. Start back on Monday. Yeah. Uh, again, if, but please, please uh, check out the uh, Republican head of uh, yeah. election recorder out there in Maricopa County. For the Daily. Uh, on, on the Daily. because 
if, if I'm not incorrect here, the um, candidate for governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake, she has promised, for instance, to get rid of all this mail-in voting because we know that's where the corruption is. No and more mail-in voting. I, I think Arizona is like one of those states where 90% of the votes are, are mail-in. Because okay? they have some old people there, I hear. Yeah. Well, but it's just it's a good idea and it's yeah. worked well it everywhere it and it, it has nothing to do with how well it just and during just, and during COVID, it became like a much more viable way to be for people to vote without killing each other. Right. But <laughs> Britain, COVID was a hoax. So I don't know why they made the change. And then the reason Donald Trump didn't do well in mail in votes is because he told his people not to do it. But never mind. We have time for uh, let's do either land of the pissed. Or the Trump organization is on trial, not Trump the man. Yeah, well, I, I think we kind of covered you know, land of the pissed. Yeah. Um, uh, in, in, in general here. Um, the uh, Trump organization is, uh, is on, on trial today. Um, and this is in uh, um, New York State Supreme Court. They're starting to pick the jury here. And... Uh, uh, tell me if you, you you think that there might be some some liability here. Uh, they're going to try to determine whether the family business, the Trump Organization, ran afoul of tax laws. Now, they always get nailed in civil court. This is a criminal trial. This is an actual, real criminal trial. The charges are that the executives, like that Weisselberg creep, uh, got lucrative benefits, right? Wasn't that like paying for private school and cars mm -hmm. and shit like that? And they didn't pay taxes on them. Essentially, this is the two sets of books problem. Two sets of books. Um, Trump himself, believe it or not, sit down, not charged individually, nor are any members of his family individually. Of course not. You don't go after the children, Brit. That's just wrong. We don't go after children in this country, even if they're 46 years old. Yeah, children. Even Unless if it was Biden, then we definitely go after them. Unless it's your son and he does a mountain of coke every week. Well, I guess that would be Biden, wouldn't it? Huh? Right. Yeah. Uh, Trump not charged, as we uh, noted. Trump is calling the case. You ready? Sit down. A political witch hunt. Hang on. And uh, that's what his lawyers are saying. So here's the, here's the uh, punishment when they find the company guilty and they will they will uh they'll get a fine of about a million dollars maybe more which is not a big deal for that company but the suggestion people are saying i've been told that if there's a guilty verdict uh the company will have difficulty doing business with uh, banks and insurers, which you would think by now they already do have problems with banks and insurers but this would, this would uh, cement that in. But the company has gone through this. You're right. I'm right. For years. And somehow, well, first of all, if Russia is your banker, what's the difference? Do you think they care? <laughs> I'm just supposing here. Uh, and they're worried about jury selection. Of course you are. Associated Press says the potential jurors are going to be asked their feelings about Donald Trump and whether they can be neutral Either way. So we'll see whether in the uh, the city of New York, which, of course, voted, I believe, about 80 to, to 20, maybe higher. If you're talking about Manhattan, I think Manhattan was 90, 10 uh, for for Biden. And I don't know whether they go outside of the borough of Manhattan when they're looking for a jury of Trump's peers, because he is from Queens, as you know. <laughs> He's Don from Queens whenever he calls WFAN. Hello, it's Don from Queens. The Yankees suck. Slightly more popular in New York City than Ted Cruz, but yeah. only slightly. Yeah. So we'll see if – usually you can find – I mean, this is not a murder case. So – and, you know, it wasn't splashed all – you know, there's nothing ever been written about Donald Trump that prejudice people. So <laughs> uh, no one has opinions about him ahead of time. So – um. You've you've seen the uh, the situation from Bob Woodward now, where he's releasing these tapes on the Washington Post. What he calls I tapes. You know what? I, I didn't listen to them, but I read yeah. I read the whole 
the uh, whole article, and uh, I'm really, really glad that he is doing this. I'm I am. I, it's, he's somewhat of a mea culpa for Bob Woodward, too, because at the end of the Rage book, his conclusion was that Trump wasn't the man for the job, and Bob Woodward has uh, come to the conclusion that, well, he wasn't quite harsh enough or quite emphatic enough that Donald Trump was an unparalleled danger. That is what he's calling him now. Uh, I, I've listened to some of the recordings, and yeah, it's it's petulant, it's ridiculous, it's anger, it's stupidity, it's prevarication. The man is incapable of telling the truth about anything. So anybody should, everybody should go check that out at the Washington Post, and no, it's a uh, it's they do an AV presentation with it. Yeah. Um, as as for Bob Woodward, uh, yeah, it it always. It always sounds worse when you hear it than when you just read the cold Correct. words. Although I would uh, work in reverse when you um, when you watch his rallies, and I did not, I didn't even realize there was one this weekend. So uh, sadly, I missed the one in in uh, uh, shithole Texas or wherever the fuck it was this weekend. Shithole Texas two seven five one two. Sure. Yeah, you know they got two hundred and forty counties in in Texas, so I don't even know where that that one is. Uh, but you saw the headlines over the weekend in the uh, places where we read shit about Trump, where um, if you've watched any of his recent rallies, you know, he's got no new material, right? No. And this isn't like going to see the Eagles where, yeah, you're, they're going to play their hits. You want to hear their hits. You love their hits. And their hits are great songs. Mm-hmm. Trump has played it out. Okay, his hits aren't great songs. They never actually were. And people pretend they want to hear whatever he's saying that's recycled pap. And then if he throws in something a little bit different, they have to pretend that they care about it. Because remember, Trump is obsessed over all these kind of small detail issues that very often don't rise to the level of importance, certainly right now. And you're in the middle of shithole Texas. You're going out to see your hero late on a Saturday afternoon into to, to, to Saturday evening. You may have given up watching the Longhorns play Oklahoma. You don't, I mean, you've given it up to sit there and listen to him. So what does he talk about that I can guarantee you not one person, not one person in there who's a fan of Trump, gave a shit about when it happened and certainly isn't thinking about it now, especially in the world of crime, 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 high gas prices, high food prices, and immigration problems. Texas is the place where you would talk about that. (laughs) So what does he talk about? He talks about the crisis at the Supreme Court where there was a leak six months ago. That's correct. At a time of the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. We got to find that leaker. We got to find him. Brit, it is so important. We got to find it. That is the worst thing. And his solution, his solution was to grab the two reporters from the Politico, the website, who broke the story. They got the you know, Josh Gerstein was the guy you saw on TV all the time. He's the reporter. He's a damn good reporter. Damn good reporter. He got the story. He got somebody to, uh, uh, he took their confidence. They took his, and he broke the story. So Trump's solution all these months later to a problem that really isn't his problem to worry about or to care about, it really isn't that important. And as always, it isn't that the, the uh, the decision leaked out early. It's the fact that the decision was so shitty, that it was so wrong, that it took away rights that Americans had for 50 years, that women had for 50 years. That's the issue. It isn't that the fucking story leaked. Who fucking cares at this point? That's a that's kind of an internal inside baseball thing now for the for the Supreme Court to fix so that something like that doesn't happen again. But his solution is to grab Josh Gerstein the Politico reporter, and threaten him with death. Threaten him with death. And if not with death, at least a long prison term where he will be raped in prison. 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's he will get, he will get fucked in the ass, and that yeah. will get him to talk and tell you who leaked the story God. to him. So the only way to stop a leak in the Supreme Court is to have Bubba leak something up the reporter's ass. That's what Donald Trump said to the people in Texas. That's what he was talking about the other night. USA, USA, USA. They 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 were screaming that. And then at another point, he was ruminating about something stupid, and suddenly people start singing the national anthem. I for, saw for that. Yeah. So we're, we we are approaching. It's really interesting. This weekend, two dictators, one already in power and one who would be in power, were out there strutting their stuff. Trump down in Texas wants to be the dictator of the United States, so he can be immune from prosecution from anything for at least four more years. He's figuring, if I can just do this four more years, uh, I might be dead at the end of that anyway. They won't get me. I guess that's what the thinking is, right? Your lips and, to God's ears. Right. And then you have the the uh, the newest uh, forever dictator in China strutting his stuff yeah. and having his uh, number two guy escorted out of the meeting, grabbed by the collar and told, you may leave the building now. You'll never hear this guy again. That's what dictators do. When someone threatens them, they have them taken away, like Saddam Hussein, that famous video of uh, people being grabbed out of the audience, never to be seen again when he did that. That's that's President Xi, Donald Trump's friend, Donald Trump's chocolate cake eating at Mar-a-Lago friend. He's nice to me. He's always been good to me. Always been good to me. He has essentially declared himself president for life, which has never happened, even in China. Uh, since Mao Zedong. And boy, what a great leader he was. He really mm-hmm. did a lot of great things for for China. And they now got another one. And uh, so those two, th- there you go. So tr- Trump has a real problem. He, he can't decide whether a better role model for him is uh, President Xi in China or Vladimir Putin in Russia. That's got to be hard for him, Britt. And yeah. I think we need to consider that when we when we talk about him because he's he's got a lot on his plate there a lot thoughts and prayers thoughts, thoughts and, and prayers 